You are listening to the Godarchy Podcast, where we shove a crowbar between state and church. This is the spot where Christian faith intersects with libertarian anarchism and voluntarism. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. In this episode, we're going to talk about magic. Greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Godarchy Podcast, episode 2.2. And this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be magical, because my guest today is a real-life magician. Yes, Doc Dixon. Doc is magic. Doc is probably best known for the fact that he actually fooled Penn and Teller on their Fool Me uh, show, so that's pretty cool. And... um, I have to say, Doc is probably the funniest person I've ever interviewed. I cracked up multiple times during the interview. He's just a funny guy. He is an entertainer. He is um, a Christian. He is a libertarian. And I would call this a wide-ranging conversation. We cover a lot of territory um, from libertarianism and Christianity and faith and how those things come together. Uh, we actually got into some things I didn't even really expect to. Uh, we talked a little bit about how the sickness that we shall not name uh, impacted his livelihood as a performer. And um, we also talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, you need to have life outside of politics and just the toxicity of politics. So I think it's a really good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to get into it just in a moment. Before I do that, I do want to tell you how you can support the Godarchy podcast. First off, sign up for the Godarchy email. I'm doing a once a week email. It will have links to the shows. It'll have links to articles that are being posted um, and some thoughts out of my own brain and uh, just a way to keep in contact that doesn't depend on social media. Social media does not like Godarchy, particularly Facebook. Um, we've had several strikes because, quite honestly, Facebook algorithms don't understand sarcasm. They don't have any nuance. And uh, they're kind of dumb. So I really want to, as much as possible, not depend on social media to spread the word. So go to the um, Godarchy website, godarchy.org, sign up for the email list. I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to share your email with anybody else. You're just going to get my one email a week. Maybe you'll get one extra here and there, but not very often. Second thing you can do, share these episodes. Share articles. Share what's going on at Godarchy so we can expand our reach. Again, uh, if, if we can't, um, you know, if the, if the social media algorithms don't like us, then we have to do everything that we can to kind of overcome that. So uh, if you're willing to share episodes, I would really appreciate that. And of course, you can always support the Godarchy podcast financially. You can become a supporting member. All you have to do to do that is to go to the website, godarchy.org. You'll see the link for supporting members, and you just walk through the process. Um, I've got kind of two different options, a $5 a month or a $10 a month. You get the same thing for either one, but you know, I don't want to limit you to 5 bucks, right? Um, one of the things that we do with the um, support we get at Godarchy is we pass it on. We like to... Uh, um, kind of spread the wealth. So 40% of 
the support that we get, we're going to pass on to other organizations, people in need. Um, we've been doing this. We did it before, and uh, it was really cool just to be able to you know send a little support uh, to folks who are in need. Uh, if you are a supporting listener, you can be part of our Facebook group uh, and kind of we'll talk about different things, and it's kind of fun. But I think the best thing is there is going to be bonus content that will only be available to supporting listeners. And you'll be able to access that right through the Godarchy website. I'm not doing Patreon anymore. I've got everything uh, self-sufficient and integrated within the website itself. And uh, at the end of the show, you'll get a sense of what this bonus content is going to be. It's fun and it's cool. So, if you want to do that, go to the website, become a supporting listener. I would definitely appreciate it. If you don't want to do that, you can do one-time donations through PayPal. You'll see that link in the sidebar on the website. And you can also donate in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, your Ethereum, Ethereum, sorry, said it wrong, Ether. I can't say that word. Ethereum. You'll see those links. All you got to do is just scan the little uh, little um QR code, and uh, you can support the show that way. So, really appreciate all the folks who have supported me along the way, and uh, appreciate those who will do so in the future. And uh, that's enough business. Let's get on with the interview. Here comes Doc Dixon. Doc Dixon, thank you so much for coming on the Godarchy podcast, man. How are you? I am good. So glad to be here, buddy. Very, very happy. Glad so we're you, finally doing. I am too. So you were the um, you were the first actual guest in the Godarchy reboot. We're calling this Godarchy 2.0, although it's not really any different than Godarchy 1.0. But it just sounded cool to rebrand it and made it sound less like I was being lazy for six months and more like you know there was some purpose to all of this. So. Listen, if Hollywood can repackage things, reboot things, you know, why not you? That's right. Exactly. You know, I mean, they had a Beverly Hills, or no, Beverly Hillbillies movie a few years ago, you know, so you can reboot. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. So, you know something about rebooting. No, that's not. That segue is not going to work. Um, but you, <laughs> you are a magician. You, you wear boots. No, go ahead. All right. So you're a magi- magician, so I've heard. Actually, I've seen. Yeah. How the heck did you? How did that happen? How do you? How does one become a, uh, a magician? Other than the fact that obviously you're magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all twinkly and stuff. Uh, basically, it's the story, same story for most people who do what I do for a living. Uh, you got get on and in, got into it when you were a kid. Yeah. Uh, Got books, and uh, the common term we use is when did the magic bug bite? Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, what made it bite was the particular book that I got, which years later I found out many, many, many magicians of my generation, it was uh, what bit them was a book, uh, I think published in 1950, The Amateur Magician's Handbook. Huh. Contrary to the title, it was far from amateur. It, it, that just it just had that title because it was in a series of books the publisher wanted to do the amateurs whatever book right. handbook, but it had some serious sleight of hand in it, and because it was serious and it took some work. You know, when something takes work, you invest in it and you get hooked in it, and it gets hooked in you, and that's kind of what happened to me. And then when it, I became of age to 
you know, I've got to start uh, paying for my three hots or three hots in a cot, right. you know. So you I didn't want, and you didn't want to go to jail to do that. So you figured you should figure out how to parlay this into a living. Yeah, that's generally that jail thing's not good. <laughs> no, I, uh, it's not. Can't say, can't say I advise it. <laughs> See, this this is the same. You haven't really changed much from Godarchy uh, 1.0. You're still <laughs> saying avoid jail. See? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so at what point did you did you realize, hey, you know, I could I can maybe actually make some money doing this? Like what time at what point did you realize that that this was something that you could actually make a living doing? Oh, my, uh, my early 20s. I mean, there's uh, I know bunches of people that obviously being a magician, I know tons of magicians. Right. So I know tons right. of people that make a living doing this. And, uh, you know, it, it's sort of like if you're a plumber. You know, you probably know a bunch of plumbers, but if you're not a plumber, you maybe know two plumbers. Right. That's. I know. I know one magician, or at least one legit magician. I assume you're legit. Yes, and that's all you need to know. Let's not (laughs) talk about other magicians. Good. There's enough competition out there. This is the only podcast there is, right? Exactly. I do want to talk about other uh, magicians, though, because you are one of the elite few that fooled Penn and Teller, right? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, we got to mention that, right? I mean, that's pretty cool. Sure. And, and, and actually, that really directly led semi, if something can be both direct and circuitous, uh, led to how we know each other because the episode, they have a show, uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us, and right. I fooled them on the show. My episode aired September 9th, 2019. Either that night or the the next day or the day before, uh, Tom Woods, uh, a failed podcaster, sent out an email about Penn Gillette and, at the time, his libertarian leanings. Right. And I replied to Tom, uh, hey, I just fooled Penn on his show last night. And then Tom asked me to be on his show and then kind of snowballed, you know, I've done several times events and met a whole bunch of libertarian folk. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, <laughs> like like was, you had no idea what you were getting sucked into. <laughs> I, yeah, because I'd been libertarian thinking and being for years, but without being part of the libertarian community and uh, very happy for that. You know, I, I was telling Tom the other day of, of all the things that have happened from uh, winning on Fullest, maybe the one I'm most grateful for is what this cost. Mm-hmm. You know. So, how did you find your way? I always, I always love to hear people's. You know, there, there's there's two two journeys that a lot of us take. We take a, a political journey. We take a faith journey, and I, I love hearing both of them. So, um, what's kind of your political journey? Like, how did you? fall into libertarian because i don't think many people are born libertarian we're usually either republicans or democrats because that's what there is right sure uh you know i always want to answer this question i was bitten by a radioactive (laughs) ron paul or i was exposed to rothbard radiation and every time i'm angry at the state (laughs) any comic book listeners are getting this but the rest won't uh, mine was a, a little odd in that uh, prop, oh, 15 plus years ago, started reading about gold and investing ah. in gold. I, that's you would have, you know, a I know a little bit about that. 
a little bit, a little bit. And then that opened, you know, things you're learning about fiat money. Mm-hmm. And then that went into learning about Ron Paul. And uh, then from there, it kind of takes the uh, uh, typical route, you know, of the Ron Paul revolution and all that. So many people went through that, that kind of Ron Paul. You hear that, you hear his name pop up with so many people who of have. Course. I'm one of those weird people that, that really didn't come in through the Ron Paul thing at all. I, uh, in fact, at his zenith, I was still, I like Ron Paul okay, except for his foreign policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we can and we can thank Tom Woods uh, for finally getting me off of the uh, you know we should bomb everybody in submission. And and it was uh, I've I've told this story before, but it's kind of interesting because you know I I grew up in that neocon environment. My grandfather was career army, so you know very I I liked the wars, man. They were awesome, right? Um. And Tom said something really simple in a uh, interview once that, you know, when you hear it now, it's like, duh. But all he said was that the same idiots who are running the domestic policy that you hate run the foreign policy. So why do you think that's going to work out any better than the domestic policy that's a disaster? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so now everybody knows I'm not really nearly as smart as uh, people might think. <laughs> well, we. <laughs> But you got smarter. And that's, I did. That's uh, ostensibly. Ostensibly, smarter. I got smarter. So you are a Christian. Yes, sir. How does your faith and your libertarian philosophy, how do those work together or do they? It, it works together for me. Uh, and I think one enhances the other. I, I mean, the, the faith is more foundational than my, my libertarian philosophy, but I, I've yet to find something in libertarianism that uh, conflicts with my faith. Right. Uh, I, I think at the heart of it would, would, be, would be this question. I, I would, if I was speaking to someone who uh, had uh, trouble with libertarian thought and the minarchist or even anarchist uh, viewpoint, I-, I would ask that Christian, well, what laws should we have against heresy? Now, unless they're a full-blown uh, theonomist, you know, they're going to say, well, no, we, we shouldn't have laws uh, against uh, heresy. But don't you think heresy is wrong? Well, yeah, I do. Heresy is very wrong. And, you know, in, in, in the Bible, you know, Paul speaks against heresy uh it's in galatians saying you know they're worse than an anthema it's just like the worst thing you can be and in another passage in corinthians he's talking about uh someone that's sleeping with his his stepmother and as wrong as that is he reserves his harshest language for the heretic right but yet we don't think the government should be involved in in heresy right or you know in 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 in, in policing that so i think once a, a person grasps that the government isn't the tool to deal with every wrong then that's the uh what was the expression uh, the camel nose in the tent you know the yeah. door starts to open for uh for libertarian thought yeah i i agree with all of that that's interesting i hadn't thought about the the idea of heresy you know, it is interesting, though. It seems like there's a growing um, desire for that theonomy 
I, I've you kind of that 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 nationalism where, and I think it's a little bit of a backlash against the woke left. Um, but I, I've I've read a lot of people who are kind of kind of going down that path, which to me is frightening because I've always said when it comes to government power, any power that you give government or politicians to do something good is always going to end up getting turned on you at some point because you can't ever trust that the good people are going to maintain control of that power. That's why I'm even nervous. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves Ron DeSantis here in Florida, but I think some of this stuff that he's doing, whether whether or not I agree with the outcomes, setting bad precedent because that power is dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's it totally. Uh, I, I think most people, non-libertarians, have no trouble grasping that in other nations, they will abuse power. Right. No, our guys. It's right in front of them, but but not us. So if if that's your logic, if that's that's your logic, if that's what you're saying, then okay, this is a bit hyperbolic, but it it best you're a xenophobe, at worst you're a racist. Yeah. If you're saying that, well, no, the U.S. can't do this, <laughs> and I said the United States of America is the greatest country in the world. Uh, part of that is because some of the good in our founding vision. The other part of it is the competition really sucks. Right. You know, exactly. For that exactly. title. We're better than Cuba. We're better than Cuba. <laughs> I say you this know. all the time about, about the dollar, you know, and, and when you're talking about fiat money, you know, the dollar is the best fiat currency. It's the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> USA is the clean, cleanest dirty government in the laundry hamper it's like yeah when i get fine i mean not that this happened to me but i understand theoretically it's happened with other parents so i'm far <laughs> more together than this but reaching inside okay of all the sh- i say to my you know one of my sons of all the shirts this one smells the best wear this one <laughs> right. it'll be fine right here spray some stuff on it so yeah, yeah other I mean, other parents but not me Let's you you, you have a whole house full of kids right Do, have you have you lost count yet you know, uh, before we started and uh, the podcast, we were talking about uh, you and your lovely bride took a little visit to the beach. When I go to the beach with my kids, I have I have six sons and a grown daughter. Mm-hmm. When I'm there with the six boys, my wife and I, the entire time, it's this. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. One, two, three. What? Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you know, there's this. Oh, he's over there. Yeah. We, we, uh, yeah. A few years ago, we uh, went to this beach. Uh, it was in Myrtle Beach. Our hotel had a water park in it. And oh, yeah. we were infinitely grateful that the boys loved the water park more because there were, there were no, you know, constant paranoid safety issues there. But right. yeah. Yes. I do have a bunch of kids. I have six boys, ages uh, currently seven through 15. That's amazing. Um, so here's a, here's a question as, as a father, obviously parent, your, your kids are important. Your marriage is important. And yet you're in a line of work that requires a lot of traveling. You have to be away from home. How do you find that balance of doing your job and taking care and and being present in your family? Uh, the, the short answer is, uh, uh, a little joke between my wife and I, the pain of me being gone is less than the pain of not having money. <laughs> Fair. Because yeah. then without money, we don't have a home from which to be gone. 
you know, it's right. But uh, that being said, um, I just have to be really present when I'm here. Mm. And, you know, maybe if I'm, I'm gone on the weekends, well, many times in, in show business, my weekends are my work week. Right. And the rest of the week is is not like like you. I mean, I I have a home office, mm-hmm. so I, it grants me more flexibility. Um, I was in Pittsburgh up until 2018, and we moved down here in June of 2018 to uh, Georgia. And of course, you know the whole shutdown, <laughs> all that uh, got in the way. But I I you know, work on developing more local business in addition, because I'm a nationally based performer, perform all over the country, right, but right. doing more uh, local business just to, uh, you know, sleep on my own bed at night. Right, right. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And being in Atlanta, big metro, you've got, I'm sure, a lot of uh, opportunities there, right? Thankfully, yes, yes. So it would have been far more away, but I don't know if you follow the news, but there was this... Uh, Cold bug that went around. I heard about that. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I don't know. People kept in their were made to stay in their homes. I don't want to talk about it, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> bit of a doubt. I'm I'm sure that that was that was great for your business. Yeah, in, I in all serious, to that how, in all serious, my how, job was made illegal. Right. So, in all seriousness, how did you how did you cope with that? Uh, well, like a lot of people in my line of work, and I, I think people in general, uh. I remember March 13th, Friday the 13th. That's yeah. when, you know, uh, the feces hit the fan. Yes. It's godarchy. So I said feces. <laughs> so there's been much the- worse said on this podcast. I <laughs> can assure you. Well, and justifiably so. Scoobalon, <laughs> little Greek, biblical Greek humor there. there you go. Anyway, uh, when it hit the fan, uh, within a few days, I don't know, 50, 60 grand went off the books for the remainder of oh the year gosh. that oh I already gosh. had books. So I was like, ouch, you know? Yeah. Uh, and in my head, I'm thinking, you know, which is mostly where I think in my head, in my head, I'm thinking, um, okay, this is going to be done by June, July, you know, summer right. will come. I think a lot of people thought that. And, uh, well, you know, it was, wait, it was two weeks to flatten the curve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, remind me to tell you a story about prevention, but I don't want to forget. That. I'll, I'll remember it. Anyway, uh, so, you know, just kind of waiting that out. And then, okay, this, I see the, you know, mini, mini tackle you farts and the writing on the wall. Uh, this is going to go a lot longer. So start doing shows on Zoom. How'd that work? There were. There was a, a quick learning curve. I am I'm not the most uh, technically experienced person, but I, I quickly I know it's it yeah. I, I quickly old. got it up to speed at a minimalist level of what I needed. I knew I I didn't need bells and whistles. What was going to make the show work is what made the show work in in live and in person. Me right, not not tech. I I would see guys doing green screens behind them and then doing the unintentional trick of my head disappeared. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, is a great trick if you intend to do it. Right. right. Kind of loses uh, something on video though. Cause everybody going, Oh, that's video. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, not magic. 
<laughs> I, I would often related to that. I would do a disclaimer up front in my shows. I would say, now you don't see this on magic shows much now on TV, but back in the eighties, David Copperfield would always begin his show with a no camera tricks disclaimer. Well, I'm telling you that for my show, but the big reason is I'm a magician. I don't have the tech to do camera tricks. It is far easier for me just to do it the way I do it in person. Right. You know, why, why would I put cameras to mess up in this? So, oh, so uh, uh, I'm talking with a client up in Pennsylvania when this is all happening. This would have probably been fall of 2020. And she told me uh, she was in a, uh, a a tavern with some friends, and they were all having a beer. And the waitress comes up and says, uh, "Would you like to order uh, some sandwiches?" And my my friend and client replied, uh, "No, thanks. We're just here for a couple beers." And the waitress said, "Well, okay, but if I come by and ask you again, please order food because that will mean a COVID compliance officer is in the bar." And I reply, oh, yes, because uh, uh, sandwiches cure COVID. <laughs> everyone, everyone, remember the, the pastrami enzyme can effectively stop the uh, the COVID. And so that, that actually became kind of a running joke between us. Did you get your sandwiches today? Yeah, yeah, that that's funny. And, and you know, I think, I mean, I think maybe that is one of the, Maybe one of the if, if we can pull any good out of the last few years in terms of because for me, it a lot in a lot of ways, it blackpilled me. I realized that most of my neighbors would be perfectly happy to send me to the gulag, you know. Um, so that's a little bit distressing, you know, with the way people were so. Ah. And yet I think there was also a part where a lot of people have, have realized that wait a minute, some of this is stupid. Like the sandwiches are going to cure the disease, right? Or we all yeah. watch the football games where all of these guys are on the sidelines wearing masks and then they go out on the field and bang into each other with no masks on. Or uh, I, one of my favorite examples in Ohio high school wrestling, <laughs> they could wrestle, right? but they couldn't shake hands. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean I got nothing. You, so, you know? <laughs> I mean, so you I do. I go out and I talk to people just out, you know, at the in the locker room at the hockey game where it's not our tribe, and I do find that a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, at first I thought that this was a good idea, but eh. so maybe if it at least created a little bit of skepticism, I don't know. I'm I still I'm still afraid that the next time or the next big thing, everybody will line right up in lockstep again. But I I, I am troubled by the tolerance for it. Yeah, and and in, in this regard, uh, I I forget all, all the details of this, but it was a very compelling video of a woman in California who had a restaurant, mm -hmm. and a restaurant. You know, California had some of the tightest restrictions, if not the tightest, and her, right. and her right. restaurant was going under while she looked across the parking lot, and there was a, I believe it was a movie shoot with uh, a cafe, you know, they had the, the buffet and all that laid out, craft services, they right. called on the uh, for the actors, and she's like, why can't I do that? Why can't I do that? And, you know, this woman's in tears, uh, bordering on hysterics, and 
why are we at any point, can we be comfortable with that and just yeah. dismiss it and tolerate it? And uh, brutal. Yeah. And, but there, you know, there were a few, a few shining lights. There was a guy here in the, the Tampa Bay area that um, owns a, a pretty large chain of tattoo shops. And he's decided he closed down. He said for, for one or two weeks. And he said, like, I can't do this. I've got clients who want to get tattoos. I got to pay the bills. You know, that's a whole needing the roof over your head thing. And uh, so he opened back up and the sheriff came by and, you know, they tried to tried to intimidate him. And, and he's like, I'm not closing. He said, if you want to take me to jail, then that's what you're going to have to do because I'm going to do this business. I have willing customers. We're taking all the precautions that we need to take. And uh, they left him alone. You know, surprisingly, I think a lot of times the the bullies will back down if people are willing to stand up to him. Now, uh, we do know that some people actually went to jail for this, but I think when when you see that happen, I think the general population goes, "Well, wait a minute." I mean, you're always going to have your crazies who are like, "Oh my gosh, you just want people to die? They should be in prison." But I think most people are like, "Wait a minute, that's just a little too much." So. Um, I, you know, I think it would have been cool if he made people's heads explode by saying, but I'm putting the vaccine in the tattoo ink. <laughs> uh, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> right. Right. So I <laughs> wanted to touch on a, uh, on another subject before we, we close out. And, and you know, I've talked about this a little bit in private, just the, the, we know a lot of libertarians. There's a lot of great people in, in these circles and uh, I've, privilege to know a lot of people, but there are also a lot of people who, I guess the best term for it is they can't turn it off. It's like, it's all libertarian <laughs> all the time. You know, you, you go out to eat and, uh, oh man, this is, uh, this is really good sushi. Yeah. The federal government shouldn't, you know, it's like, whoa, can I just find <laughs> my fish here? You know, and you've experienced this too. Yeah. Um, how, I don't even know what, I don't know if there's a question in this. I'm just kind of venting my frustration, but or, all of that to say, I think what you do is super cool because you are going out and you're making people laugh. And I think there's value in that. I mean, it's not libertarian to make people laugh. I mean, commies laugh, I guess. Um, so I don't know. How do we, how do we navigate that? What's you know, the old, we... uh, jokes like food, not everyone get them. <laughs> That's funny. It's a, it's a meme. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> oh, you should have. Nobody would have known. Um, you know how do how do we navigate that? Because obviously, they're the, they're serious issues. You know, you look at the way that the government's devaluing our money and destroying the economy, and the way they handled the pandemic, and and all of this stuff. I mean, and now we have the uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to give us what. A whole bunch of new IRS agents. That's great, you know. So obviously, there's a lot to be concerned about. But how do we also live normal lives? Well, uh, one thing uh, for answering that about the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, Hostess has come out with the waistline reduction Twinkie. <laughs> you know, here's a here's a fact. So I've you have to get about ten of them for it to work. Right. Sorry. I've done a lot of legislative work over the years, and so I've read a lot of bills. And I can tell you that if you want to know exactly what a piece of legislation is going to do, look at the title 
and it's going to do the exact opposite of what the title says. So if it says Inflation oh, Reduction yes. oh. Act, it's going to increase <laughs> inflation. If it's a Patriot Act, it's unpatriotic. You know, If it's the Tax Reduction Act of 2022, you're going to get your taxes raised. So pretty much anything is going to be the exact opposite of what the title of that bill says. It's Everything is opposite in, in government speak. You know, the, the I'm just worried they'll come up with the Anti-Castration Act. That's what worries me. <laughs> No, no. Imagine you see that. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Sorry, a little edgy there. Sorry, bring it to God. Sorry, sorry. No. Uh, but, but yeah, about uh, meeting people where they are, this is okay. There are so many people that have been so much longer than this uh, movement than 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 yours truly and have done so 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 much more so i i i say this with hopefully with the humility i should mm -hmm. just uh my my opinion here but uh we've all heard the term you know the ron paul moment right uh with, with giuliani uh, the ron paul giuliani moment i I've often thought the better moment because actually it was it was more of a moment in that a a moment being defined the Giuliani moment was really two things the comment and the debate and then the next and day the action right yes that's not a, so much a moment as it is a great discourse yeah and incredibly well done but my favorite moment and uh, was when the subject of drug legalization came up mm -hmm. and. Dr. Paul, I, I, I think this is a pretty accurate, if, if paraphrase, maybe spot on. He said, hey, if drugs were legalized tomorrow, how many of you are going to go out and do heroin? Right. And it gets this big laugh. And also, it, it just made the point. Yeah. Uh, just because something's suddenly legal doesn't mean you're, you're going to go out and, and do it. And I and I often think of, of that point of being it was concise, it was funny, mm -hmm. and it made the point because it reached people where they are. Right. And again, um, I don't want to be presumptuous here, but there are times when I think our, our mantra of taxation is theft. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, it is, but that's uh i was about to do a visual thing and this is a audio podcast but <laughs> that's like people are 10 miles from getting that right I they, agree. they and i think the fact that uh when we we often you know joke about morodes yeah well okay we have an answer for that but the fact that that's the immediate reply Maybe just maybe that points out that then the initial statement of taxation is theft is uh, too quickly challengeable and therefore dismissed by them. Yeah. Whereas if we met them where they are, uh, we might bring them to us. You know, sort of like I, I probably my first date with my wife, I knew I wanted to marry her. Mm -hmm. But if I had asked her, she'd be your danger, Will Robinson danger, you know? This guy's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, and instead, you know, uh, 22 plus years later, she's that way now. Danger, danger. <laughs> right. That dude's weird. <laughs> well, he's my weird, so whatever. That's what my wife says. 
Well, I, I heard kind of weird. <laughs> By the way, my my uh, my wife uh, really liked you, you and your wife. She's like, they're so normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, little little does she know. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, kid yourself. Well, on a, on the spectrum, libertarian right, spectrum. Right, right. right. Uh, um, tune and word cleat. I think so that, that's that's just my 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 thoughts uh, about the message. I mean, already. Uh, one thing I think is something Jeff Dice said in a, in a column a few weeks back. One thing that COVID gave us was clarity. Yeah. And we, I, I would like to see us jump into that chasm of clarity. You know, like the story about the sandwich. You know, sandwiches cure COVID. Explore that a little. Explore right. Right. how come this business was treated this way and that business was totally obliterated. Yeah. There's no science there. That's not following the science. Use that as a jumping point to how government power can be used so corruptly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I you know, I think you make a really good point because it's easy to and I think this is true of like if you're hanging out with magicians, right? Y'all can talk magician stuff. If you and I have that same conversation, I'm going to not have any earthly idea what you're talking about. I don't know anything about I like magicianing. I enjoy watching it. But if you start talking about the technical aspects, I'm, I'm lost. I think people forget that are in this movement for a long time that have read their Rothbard and read their Mises and you know all of this stuff. They forget that your average guy, your next door neighbor they haven't read all that. They have, they have no frame of reference for it. So you have to start someplace where they can connect. They can connect with the sandwich, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm that's, 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 That magician comparison, that's spot on, yeah. spot on. I'm philosophically an anarchist. I, I like the term voluntarist better because if I say anarchist, people think I'm going to destroy garbage cans and burn my neighbor's house down. Pitchforks and torches. Right. Yeah. But – I do a lot of work. Most of my messaging is actually through the Constitution. And, of course, I get the autistic anarchist, oh, the Constitution, you can't talk about that if you're, you're, you know, and I get nasty emails from people and stuff. I'm like, look, most people in the United States understand that the Constitution is supposed to be important. They get that. I can use that as a as a jumping off point, as you say, as a place where they are to 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 kind of talk about, look how government's gone off the rails, even with this written constitution. Look how power grows. You know, you can look at the founding generation and how they viewed power. There's a lot of things in there that are libertarian light that yep. people will get that then I can take them further and further, which is really my journey. You know, I started off as, as a neocon that had some respect for the constitution and liber limited government. And then, you know, 10 weeks working with the TAC, I'm like, wait a minute, Republicans don't care about limited government. <laughs> and, and so that put me on the path. I, I think you're absolutely right. We want we want people to get it now, and we, and we forget that we're talking in a foreign language. I totally agree. And I, I, I think uh, a, a couple things related to that, when you're talking about you know Republicans versus Democrats, uh, I, I, I like to say that being totally, and this is not so, I don't have to say this to libertarians, they get this, but being totally uh, into one side and hating the other, it's like it's like watching a professional wrestling match, Hulk Hogan, the Iron Sheik, and saying, well, you know, 
Iron Sheik is faking it, but Hulk Hogan is actually <laughs> wrestling. Yes, that's perfect. I, you know, I, I, you know, and about, you know, the jumping point, I mean, well, no other example than, than Ron Paul. He got the most attention for the message when he was functioning as a Republican, not yeah. as a Libertarian. Right. How much noise did he make as a Libertarian candidate compared to how much noise he made as a Republican candidate? Right. Right. Because that's just the nature of, of the beast. He met them where they were. Yeah. Which is you also, know, you know, we talk about that. We talk about that in terms of, of Christian faith. Jesus met people where they were, right? He didn't, ex he didn't explain like detailed theology right off the bat. You know, he went to the woman at the well and said, you know, give me a drink because <laughs> that's what they were doing. And, and the parables that you see in the Bible, those are all relatable stories that, that taught spiritual truths, but they were about things like work and farming and all of those things that people of the day did. So, yeah, I think we could, I think we could do a better job message, and myself included, because I get hung up in the libertarian ghetto myself. And, and yeah, I think that's a great example of the, in, in theological terms, uh, I can, you know, uh, nerd out on libertarianism. I can, you know, nerd out on my, uh, you know, reformed Calvinist theology. But if I'm talking to someone who is not nerded out on either one of those and I start talking from the weeds of it, you know, right. and well, you talk about the five points of tulip and all that. Right. I, no, uh, we need Jesus. Jesus saves, repent, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> exactly. that, that's, you, you have to meet them where they are. Yeah. And then, Which, and, and not compromise, but use that to take them, or hopefully for them to come along, be a better way to put it. Where's a oh, better place? I want to get your thought, thoughts on one other thing that's kind of along the same lines, but maybe, maybe a little bit divergent. But as your job as a sh as in show business, entertaining people, making people laugh, making people happy. I'm a musician. Um, Wish I was more of a musician, less of a libertarian, to be honest. Um, but I find that in creating music, I often get sucked into feeling like that it has to be utilitarian, that I need to be using it to get a message. And sometimes I need to sit back and just say, you know what? Music stands on its own as something that is good and, and valuable and that touches people apart from having to have some ham-handed message. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you as an entertainer? Oh, oh, sure. I mean, it, as a performer and who, you know, pays the bills doing this, you know, I have a, a strainer, a sieve is the word that, that potential material has to go through. Right. And one of those is it, it has to be uh, fun and entertaining. It, right. it, you know, if I can subtly and maybe not so subtly, but in an inoffensive way, uh, talk about politics, mm -hmm. I might do that. But right. sad to say, oh, shoot, for six years now, it's been virtually impossible. I was told of a story of a, a cruise ship entertainer, a comic magician. Mm -hmm. He did a joke years back about Donald Trump's hair. 
his hair. Which is funny. Let's be honest. Which is funny. Which should be a universal punchline. He had to take it out of his act. Yeah. Because it just polarized the audience in, in, in a bad way. Yeah. Um, isn't that yeah, kind of isn't that kind of the toxicity of politics in general? It really is. It really. It. it yeah. 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 Uh, so I like to post jokes on Facebook. I mean, particularly during the lockdown when I wasn't getting my fix of performing. Right. That right. was kind of a, an outlet for me, and I just like to write jokes. It's an enjoyable thing for me to do. Yeah. Well, and you're funny. And so when oh, I write but, jokes, uh, nobody laughs. My jokes are the joke. Well, yeah. Well, see, your burden is you're wicked smart, and so people like just assume they're dumb. They're reading, and I'm like, "Wait, oh wait, it's a joke for me." They know right in. It's a joke. It's gonna be. He's going for the joke. I, I can't remember a specific example, but I'll, I'll post something, and then I'll post. Please, no politics, just the joke. Right. Boom. And, and yet, it's like okay. Here's one. I I couldn't believe this. The I I I shouldn't say that. I I very much could believe it. Right. The right. let's go Brandon thing. Yeah. Also, I funny. said yes. I said you know why people laugh at it because it's funny. Yeah. It's not yeah. even political reasons. It's uh it's the old Three Stooges movie where <laughs> movies where they would the high society woman would oh I don't believe you're doing that you know <laughs> and it would get. That's why that's funny yeah. how it happened. A, a reporter, and I think very graciously trying to cover up the vulgarity of people in the audience. I will not bash her. Total kudos to her for sure. that ad lib. Right. Uh, it's just funny. And I hope I would think that if I, if, if Joe Biden was my dad. Right. I hope I would still look at that and think, no, that's, that's that, funny. That's, that's funny. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop, well, I stop. think, I think in general, people take life way too seriously sometimes. And, uh, and that kind of goes back to, to kind of what I was driving at. I think there's a, a, a tendency in American society and this may be true in other societies. This is the only society I know. So, I won't try to generalize beyond that, but Americans are very utilitarian, right? Everything has to have a point and a purpose. I see this a lot in the church. You know, you go back and you look at some of these cathedrals that they built in in the way back, you know, and they spent boatloads of money to build these beautiful, just gorgeous artistic buildings. And a lot of people today would say, well, that's not functional. We should spend that money on the poor. Which, granted, we need to spend money on the poor. That's that's not to take that away. But it's kind of like the woman who dumped the perfume on Jesus' feet, right? She did that as an act of worship. Sometimes it doesn't have to be pragmatic. It doesn't have to be utilitarian. It's good to make people laugh just because it's good to make people laugh or to enjoy a song or to see a beautiful piece of art. And everything doesn't have to be, um, you know, to have a point. You know, does that make sense? I, I guess what I'm getting at, this is a roundabout way of really kind of complimenting what you do, because I think it's really important. I think it's important for people to be able to go and enjoy themselves and laugh and and forget about all of the garbage for a minute or two. And I think you provide a, a valuable service in doing that. That's what I'm getting at. Well, well, well first, thank you. It's uh, 
very kind of you to say. And let me, uh, a, a quick story about that, where, where that was presented to me. Uh, one of my first uh, shows after the lockdown, I'm performing at a comedy, Magic Comedy Club up in Pennsylvania. And the beginning of my show, I, I, I'm not doing magic. I'm doing stand-up comedy, mostly about my family. Mm -hmm. and, and I do this one one. It won't be terribly funny out of context, but I, I tell people how big of a family I have, and I have six boys at home, and, 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 I, and, and I tag that with. So thanks for getting me out of the house, people. <laughs> right. And I get this reaction in this first show of the audience starts to clap and go, yeah, it's good to be out of the house. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, they took it half as the joke I intended. And the other half is yes, it is so thank good you. out yes. of the house. Yes. Thank yes. you for doing what you do to give us a reason right. to get out. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I definitely think that that need is, is is there i mean um yeah i'm, I'm a huggy person you know yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like that that's it's kind of an, an expression of that you know we yeah. we want to yeah. be with each other we're, right. this isn't the right. matrix right for pete's sake <laughs> where we're hooked up on tubes we want to and we want that joy right uh, we're, we're human beings we we need we need fellowship we need interaction we need to be loved we need to do things and i think I think we need more things that bring people together as opposed to politics, which we've already determined is toxic and splits everybody into camps. And I hate you because you like Donald Trump. I know some good people that like Donald Trump and I Donald Trump. Here's a new new guy. And I know some fine people that love, love Joe Biden. You know, the GOP symbol is an elephant. Donald <laughs> Trump. Oh, look at that. I'll tell you a little secret. I even know some up. communists that are pretty cool people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kindness and having a, a pleasant social mores, mores, is that the word? No, social management, whatever, uh, isn't confined to one political party or right. another. You know, it's, it's just nice when anybody has it. And when um, people come together, you know what that is? It's magic. See what I did That's there? That's a wrap. Thank you for watching well, Goddard Key 2.0. <laughs> 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 Actually, we are getting to the end of our time. I, I want to be respectful of your time. You've got six boys to wrangle. Um, so I know it's okay. They're playing, they're occupied. I gave them some matches and oily rags. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I do want you to uh, let people know where they can find you. I mean, there may be somebody listening that's like, you know what? I've got something where I could use a magician. So where would they find you? Well, I can't imagine someone wouldn't be in that position. <laughs> I mean, All okay. of you. Uh, here, here's uh, easy to remember. If you go to libertarianmagician.com, that it. will actually direct you to docdixon.com. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's my website. And uh, Can you yeah, promo code I, I, Woods? <laughs> promo code. Yeah, but that that uh, that works on speeding tickets. Just uh, <laughs> enter enter that in. Uh, you don't get a discount, but you get to feel more irate. Right. Uh, and yeah, I uh, make my living performing at company, corporate, associate events. Uh, you know, 
clean comedy and all that corporate friendly. Hey, also, one little uh, special pitch. I would love to do more libertarian events. I love to be with my tribe. So uh, ring me up about that, too. And you can connect with me via the website. Yeah, outstanding. Well, I really appreciate it. Would you be willing to stick around for just about five minutes to do a special lightning round, which will be available only to supporting listeners of Godarchy? I would be honored. All right. We'll do that. For the rest of you folks, thanks for listening to Doc Dixon. All right. That's it. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Doc Dixon. I mean, who couldn't enjoy that conversation with Doc Dixon. Doc is pretty amazing. And uh, if you ever get a chance, you definitely want to see him perform. He brings that humor to his act, and he's pretty darn good magis- magician. I mean, he fooled Penn and Teller, right? So if you want more Doc Dixon, you can get it. All you have to do is become a supporting listener of the Godarchy podcast. You can do that over at godarchy.org. Just click the supporting listener link. Follow the instructions, and you will get access to what we called the lightning round. We actually renamed it. It's going to hereby be known as the mudslide round, and you'll understand why if you listen to it. So check that out. With that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. appreciate you listening to the show, and I will talk to y'all again next time. All right, it's time for the ending stuff. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure you check out the website, godarchy.org. You can sign up to our email list there. We're also on social media, on Facebook, at godarchy.org. We're on the Twitters, at godarchy. And you can also find us on MeWe. Just look for godarchy. If you want to contact me, shoot me an email, info at godarchy.org. And of course, you can support the show. Just go to godarchy.org. Hit the support godarchy button follow the instructions. Again, we really value your listenership. That's all. There's no more. Just listen to the music. <laughs>